everybody, and welcome to the Talking CX Podcast. My name is Robin Miller, and with us is our co-host making a return appearance. Hi, Graham. Welcome back. It's good to have you here. Hi. It's great to be back. So today we are on number five of our CX Operating Model Series. And just to remind everybody of how we got here, we covered a strategy We covered customer understanding. Then we covered the business operating model and all of the steps in there and then experience design. And now we are on the CX technology piece of it. And the last one in this series is going to be measurement. But for now, we're talking about CX technology, which is one of the most important components of the CX operating model, because the technology that you utilize to design and deliver and measure and improve your experiences is absolutely critical to your success. So, uh, Graham, what, uh, what, what say you? Can we break this CX technology <laughs> stack down into different... <laughs> what? What you didn't like me laughing? I, I mean, I was actually, I was actually laughing. I was actually laughing because you need to be be careful because, um, you know, tech driven transformation is my thing, right? So this is you have to keep me under control today. So, um, by the way, I have a mute button, so maybe that that is my nuclear option here. But I'm sure everything that you're going to say is going to be absolutely interesting. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What do you say about the technology? Ooh, yeah, I'm setting I'm I am setting expectations. I absolutely am. So, what do you have to say about the technology stack? Go ahead. So so let me try and, you know, simplify it a little bit for for folks who are not quite as obsessed as I am. So, um, you know, so we so we this customer experience focused technology architecture is what we call the the CX tech stack. Um, and for those who don't get everything on this podcast, we have a nice little uh, uh, PDF, um, you know, brochure thingy that they can download that basically tells them all about this stuff. So um, actually a couple of them. So it's really the it's the CX tech stack is really the subset of your enterprise technology architecture that supports the delivery of customer experiences or, or at least all three layers. So there are kind of three classifications or, or what we call layers of the CX tech stack. So there's CX design technology, and that's, as the name would suggest, the technology used to help design your experiences, draw journey maps and define personas and segments and, and you know, create experience designs. And then there's um, CX delivery technology. So that's the technologies you use to actually deliver your experiences to your customers or other audiences. And so if you think about the operating model, the business operating model we covered, and you think of all your interaction channels that touch your customers, there's technology that applies to every one of those channels and even technology that manages experiences across those. And we'll get into that. And then there's the CX measurement technology. So that's the the technologies that, that measure the experiences and give you the information to improve them. And that's you know, traditionally in the world of CX, most people think of CX technology as being the voice of the customer enterprise feedback applications. But but in today's digital first, but not digital only multi-channel experience world, 
you also need to account for the technologies you use to bring you digital analytics and insights. And then, uh, you know, there's also technologies we'll talk about in a minute that do things like analyzing emails and social media. And then there's contact center technologies and, and yada, yada, yada. So, um, so CX design technologies, CX delivery technologies, and CX measurement technologies are the three layers of the CX tech stack. Okay. That doesn't sound too complex, but I'm sure as you peel those layers back and dive in, it's going to get more and more complex as it broadens out. So where do you find these solutions? What kinds of companies provide these solutions? And do I would imagine that some of them provide all the solutions and some would provide just a tiny piece of it. So you use the word complex. I use the word fun. So, um, and, and I would argue you find these solutions on the internet, the same way you find them everywhere. So when you think about um, CX design, by the way, CX design technology is uh, is very much the uh, most immature of these technology groupings. Um, there's not a lot of really good technology. Well, there's not a lot of um, dedicated technologies that do CX design. And in fact, most uh, CX practitioners um, use technologies we all know. If you're a Microsoft fan, it's you know Excel and Word and PowerPoint and Visio. And if you're an Apple, if you're an Adobe fan, it's Adobe InDesign and some of those tools. So um, you know CX Design. There's not a lot that's um, that's you know specifically there. Although we're starting to see companies just start to address that area. And some of the other technologies have CX Design components to them, but but that take us down a rat hole, so we won't go there. Um, and then in the delivery space, so the delivery space is the most mature of technologies. So again, I said, if you if you think about the 10, 12, 13 different types of channels that you interact with your customers on from, you know, call centers to digital to branches to, you know, on and on. So, you know, there's there are brands that people know <clears throat> because companies have been delivering experiences for a long time. So you know, in the digital experience world, that's dominated by people like Adobe with their digital, their experience manager products. Um, you know, Salesforce, a name everybody knows in the contact center business, people like Nice um, or maybe Cisco in the social media part of experience delivery, the WhatsApps, Facebooks of the world. I know one of your favorite companies. Um, and then you have like, you know, digital technologies like your, you know, Samsung smartphone or your Apple smartphone. Um, and so if you think of any one of those channels, it's loaded with um, experience delivery technologies. And then on the measurement side, as I said, you know, that's where people think CX technology. So, you know, the famous big three in CX measurement are Medalia, Qualtrics and Satmetrics. And they're really the people who embedded voice of the customer research. Um, the two big digital analytics platforms are Google Analytics and Adobe Analytics. Um, and then, as I said, there's a, there's a kind of big portfolio of new, especially new emerging solutions um, that do things like analyzing emails and social media and even contact center calls to mine intelligence out of those. And, and one of the ones that, that I love is a company called Stratified out of North Carolina. So, um, you know, those are, those are really examples of, of those technologies. And as you quite rightly said, there are, there are companies that do things in every one of those segments. There are the big players like Oracle and SAP that provide technology and everything, including CX. And, uh, and so it's a, it's a complicated world. Just to dive in a little more on that. So we have all of these different types of companies that provide these solutions um, based on the type of technology it is. But then you have 
everything from really big players to to startups to integrators to consultants, maybe similar to yourself, even. You do so. Um, so you know. So one of the things. So we have a, you know, in the world of consultants. So we have a, you know, we have a database that has about a thousand companies in it that provide CX technologies to completely mess with people's minds. Um, so uh, you know, there's there's a lot out there. Um, and as I said, you know, we have some guides online for people to help, um, you know, figure this stuff out. Cause as I said, it's kind of our passion. So, uh, so, you know, that's there, but I know, I know that one of the things we talked about before was, you know, so how do people step up to this? Right. And so the big question is how do you work your way through all of that and figure out what kind of provider you need, what kind of solution you need uh, where, whether to go with a big name brand or a startup or an integrator that can pull it all together for you. So where do you even start figuring that out? What do you recommend besides calling your, besides calling customer results? <laughs> well, that's obviously the first piece, you know, you stole my, stole my little humorous remark, but, uh, so, uh, and as I said, you know, we've got some guides online if you want to, you know, teach yourself. So, um, We'll have to put that link in the show notes <laughs> to your guide. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we're we're big into teaching people how to fish. So, um, uh, yeah, so take a look at those guides. But, but you know, the good news is that there's a pretty standard process for picking technology. I mean, it's been it's been proven for decades, and CX tech is not really any different. So, you know, there's really kind of six simple steps, right? So the first one is, you know, clarify what your driver or case for change is, and create a plan of action. So, you know, why? Do you want a piece of new technology, right? You know, how will it deliver benefit to you as a business? And and we often like to talk about, you know, two kind of different drivers. One is what we call the shining light on the hill, which is kind of an aspirational attraction to be able to do something. And the other one's the burning platform, which is something that's a problem that you need to solve. Um, so the first thing is why, right? What's 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 causing it and what benefit do you expect to get out of it? Which is pretty simple. Um, well, complex to do, but simple to explain. Um, then the second one is, you know, what, what are the requirements that you want from your piece of technology? And so that's where in the CX world that tends to be represented by your journey maps and your persona and segment models, um, and even potentially your experience design models. And then, you know, really scope out what the solutions are that you're looking for and the solution options that are out there. So, you know, some of those things are met by your current architecture. Some of them are deficiencies. You know, we recommend a market analysis to look at available solutions early in the process, um, you know, to show what's possible and, you know, what's likely and how it fits with your current stuff that you have in your company. And, and when you're looking at that solution set, you know, we always recommend our clients deal with three specific kind of categories. There's the kind of legacy providers, who might have been around for years. There's then kind of the the core providers, you know, which are the, the the big market dominators. And then you also want to look at some of the kind of innovative, you know, providers and startups to make sure you've covered all three of those segments. And back to my thousand solutions, there's likely to be a lot of people in each of them. So there's all kinds of, of things you can use to filter that down. Um, and then talking of filtering it down, then step four is defining a sol your selection criteria. And in most companies, they do this in parallel with defining their requirements and scoping the available solutions and architecture. Um, 
and you know it's 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 you know so what's the basis under which you're going to actually get from a long list hopefully less than a thousand um to a final a final solution you know scoring methodologies and you know all kinds of other things and, and then another really important point is that you socialize those selection criteria across a pretty broad um multifunctional group in your company because you don't want any surprises later in the process with people saying well i didn't agree that you know that that's what we should be using to do pick things um and so once you've you know once you've done those first four steps so you have a business case you have your requirements you have a solution set you have your selection criteria then you launch your selection process in order to select the right technology and if you've done the previous steps well then that's just a uh, pretty standard um pretty standard process and uh and then hopefully in the process of conducting the selection you go through a number of iterations and those iterations ultimately take you down to a finalist and then step six you know implement it right and as as one of our clients says you've not done nothing until you've implemented something and so uh and so that's the final piece right well that i mean that sounds just very straightforward and and in my experience that's really the typical process that a company would follow for pretty much any procurement process especially if it involves technology um you know and and sometimes they bring in an outsider to help run that process and you know, for, for their domain expertise. And sometimes they bring in outsiders to make sure that their biases aren't going to interfere with that selection process. So in what ways does the process you just described, in what way does it, is it different for CX specifically, or is it even different? I mean, it's, it's the main piece is domain, right? I mean, you need, you need to, you need, you need, there's a couple of things. One of them, um, is that people don't do this that often, right? So, so building yourself a team of CX tech selection experts in your company is probably not the best expenditure of your money. So, you know, reaching out to people who make it their business to know what's going on in the market and what the latest and greatest is, is probably smart. And then, and then really it's about domain, right? I mean, so when you're creating your market list of potential solutions, you know, do you really want to do all the work to try and find all the solutions that you could possibly do yourself? Um, you know, when you've got the vendors in presenting, who's going to ask the questions that nobody thinks to ask because they've been there, done that before. So, you know, whether you're, whether you're selecting supply chain technology or financial technology or CX technology, it's always a good idea to have a, you know, domain expert in the mix who actually understands what's going on because it'll make the process happen faster. It'll give you a better result, um, and certainly give you a, you know, much better return on investment out of the end of it. And I would also throw out by the way, that when you reach out to people, um, we have this conversation pretty much every couple of weeks. So, you know, just, just look really hard because there's a lot of integrators and agencies and BPOs and consulting companies out there that will offer to come do this. And when you dig a little, you find that they've got pre-existing relationships with vendors and, and they're really in there to try and steer you to their favorite solution that they're going to get paid on, on the back end. So just, right. you know, just be a little careful. We're very vendor agnostic. We have a lot of friends, but, but it's our thing is to take care of the client, not to take care of our vendors, even when we're good friends with them. Sure, because for certain pieces of uh, CX implementation, they may already have what they need in place and they just need to tweak it a little bit or, or change their processes to make it effective. Yeah, yeah. And, and similarly, you know, 
people should look hard at their existing vendor community and say, you know, does if you really love your vendors, you love your integrators, you love your technology partners, maybe you biased yourself to what they have or what they recommend because because it makes it easy for you. So, mm-hmm. you know, just, sure. just just eyes wide open. That's really the, the simple rule. Yeah. So as we've done with our other podcasts, I always like to include examples of the things that we're talking about. And in this case, we have our three layers. We have CX design, CX delivery, and CX measurement. And so do you have an example or examples of one or all three of those where you've gone into a client and, um, you know, walked them through the process of working through those layers? And what did that look like? Yeah, it might, it might be easier just to pick kind of one one client company and that's been through those those three things. So we have a put some context in it. We have a consumer product retail client. They sell kind of leisure and personal care equipment and services, and both direct and also through a hundred stores, most of which are in the USA through their website. Um, and they also sell their product through other online and store retailers, um, including the obvious big ones like Amazon. They've been around for a while. Um, mostly based on store relationships, a little bit of contact center, a lot of personal uh, individual relationships with their customers. And about three years ago, I do a blog post on my digital first, but not digital only multi-channel customer thing. And I get an email out of the blue. Um, and, you know, they've been, they've been uh, facing, should we say, suffering the retail revolution over the past 10 years. Um, and they really want to take a different, different, perspective on how they think about their business and especially how they think about kind of envisioning what kind of experiences they need to be um, need to be driving tomorrow rather than just today. Okay. And so let's start with uh, CX design. How did that go? What was their, what was their pain point around CX design and what happened with that? Right. We'd done some education stuff on kind of what is CX and the techniques and little bit of what their you know future experience should look like and and you know they were looking at journey maps and persona models and the usual stuff and they really were thinking there might be some tools out there um to help them document those and especially kind of collaborating across various different locations um and you know we use microsoft excel and visio and powerpoint initially but but they really were kind of thinking about there might be something a little more robust and powerful that they could find in the market and did they find anything? Was there was there some uh, a specific tool that you came up with, or did you continue to use those tools they already had? Yeah, well, we continued. We, we looked. Now, firstly, this was you know a couple of years ago, so um, a little less than there is today. Although I would say there's still not that much out there. Um, those tools are still emerging. So you know, we did a really quick market review, talked to them about what was around, and you know, looked at some online demos and they basically said, this is, this is just not a good investment of our time. We we're, we're happy with what office 365 gives us. Um, and they were also just deploying office 365 company wide. So, um, you know, it was a pretty quick evaluation to decide that probably wasn't the best place for them to be spending their time and money. Right. Well, I would almost expect, um, if it, when people listen to this, that maybe they will, either know someone or actually have tools around CX design and maybe we'll hear from them and they'll be like, Hey, what about us? You know? <laughs> so, um, I mean, there's new startups <laughs> all the time. So. so yeah. So that would be, that would be cool. So that is an invitation 
you know, yeah. if anybody is in that situation, we'd be happy to hear from you. So what happened? Um, which one did they do next after that? What did they use those journey maps for? In the, the measurement space, or maybe we think about it as, you know, CX listening or understanding, um, their big issue was they'd been receiving a growing number of emails a month, I think thousands at the point that we engaged. Um, you know, they got directly from their customers online and they got from their retail partners and they just launched a Twitter account and they had Facebook communications, you know, the usual retail challenge of today. And they really felt like there was insight and information embedded in those emails and social media accounts and all the rest of the stuff. And so they wanted to know if there was a way that they could kind of get at that without having armies of interns or individual people pouring over emails and trying to handcraft them out. And and that's, you know, generally referred to as semantic analysis, which is analyzing kind of freeform text to get meaning. Um, and, and that marketplace was just beginning to move a couple of years ago. It's moving much faster today. And so, um, you know, we help them look at the external marketplace and go through a you know, a selection and implementation process related to finding those tools. And did you end up with a well-known large player or a startup? More of, more of a startup. We actually looked at um, about eight kind of what we felt were leading marketplace solutions at that time and um, kind of worked through those solutions, uh, narrowed it down to kind of cloud-only solutions, which is definitely more of their um, kind of architectural strategy, kind of cloud first as well as digital first. Um, and after about, you know, 60 days or so, um, you know, we finally narrowed it down to their selective solution. And because it was cloud, we got the whole thing, you know, turned up in about 30 to 45 days once we got once we got through that. So basically kind of 90 days from starting out the process to actually having a, a tool implemented and, and a really, you know, really happy company because you know, they basically invested about $10,000 a month um, in that first year, and that included our services to help with the selection. It also included the subscription fees for the for the cloud platform that they ended up ended up uh, picking. Um, that's that's a pretty fast implementation. That's a good turnaround. So, what about CX delivery? What happened with that? Yeah, that was a much bigger issue. So, um, you know, when you look at CX delivery being the things that they they deliver, they're digital first, but not digital only. Um, experiences, right? They, they really wanted to kind of bring in a lot more personalization. Um, they wanted to bring in the ability to track, you know, anonymous experiences and personalize those people who'd actually given their information. They were thinking one of their big movements was they were thinking about handing out iPads to all their store associates. And so they needed their platform to kind of seamlessly support mobile devices. Um, and their mobile app was on different platform to their website and the iPad thing didn't really work very well. I mean, you know, this is not a tremendously unusual, unusual thing. So they recognized that as, as their customers increasingly, you know, really came at them digital first, but not digital only. That's why they resonated with the statement. They felt like they were only gonna be able to go so, so far with the current architecture and they would need something different to look to, uh, to be building their future upon. And, and again, what was that process like for them? They looked at, at big and small vendors, everybody in between. Did they look at the, what they had in-house? How did they work through that? Yeah, yes. Yeah, to all the above. So they had, yeah, so they had the usual thing. We had about 18 or so candidate um, platforms that we looked at, including newer versions of the, of the platform they've been using for about 12, 14 years. 
Um, you know, they had some kind of architectural standards like Oracle and, you know, SAP that they wanted to try and pay appropriate attention to. Um, so we created, you know, the usual kind of three-tiered list of, um, you know, kind of major brands, major standards that they wanted to pay attention to. We had kind of the, you know, the market leaders in terms of digital experience platforms today. And then we also went out and found some kind of interesting and, you know, sparkly new folks who were starting to get into that game and, um, you know, went through, it was a really intense process. Didn't, it didn't take as long as we thought it was going to. It took about 90 days to get to a, a final selection, but a lot of, um, you know, political decisioning internally to come up, to get over um, as well. And, and, and we ended up, you know, with, with kind of what are the, you know, big three platforms, I think, of digital experiences, the finalists, which was Adobe and Sitecore and Acquia, you know, Acquia being the big open source platform. And how long did that take to implement then? Obviously, that sounds like a much bigger, bigger effort. Yeah, maybe a more complicated question than it sounds. So, so, you know, there was, we designed a series of kind of agile waves of functionality release, you know, plug, plugging the platform into their environment was a, you know, 45 day activity. It wasn't that long, but, but then they designed out a whole series of kind of functional conversion waves as they bring over pieces of their previous digital experience, launch some of the new mobile capabilities. And so they've, they've really narrowed that down to, to 45 day um, design deliver sprints. And, and they're about three in at this point in time, they, they think they've got, um, I think they said another 12 months or so before everything that they have either in this standalone mobile app they've been using or their current websites and, and some of their other multi-channel capabilities like they want to integrate their emailing and and also bring in some of those measurement and listening tools we talked about so that they're getting you know seamless analytics so they, they've probably got another year to go before they can completely unplug the stuff that they started with but but they were up and running you know again in 45 days from the from the date of decision um, to get the solutions the first part of the solutions turned up it's just it's just a long-term process and so what have their results been? What kind of feedback have they gotten from what they've done so far? They've been pretty phenomenal. I mean, so, you know, obviously most people recognize in today's world, especially a consumer retail world, you know, personalization and contextualization of experiences and support for mobile and web and you know, all the other channels is important. And they were really struggling to do that before. Um, and now, you know, not only uh, is what they have incredibly powerful and supports continuously improving personalization, but also, um, you know, they're, they're also able to do things much faster than they used to be able to. It took them a little while to learn how to use the Adobe tools, but now they're doing things much faster and, and better than they ever used to be able to before. And their customers really seem to like the, the personalization capabilities they're putting in place. Um, and then on the measurement piece, similarly, um, they're, they're moving much faster to uh, catch um, problems, experience problems for their customers and also systematic ones internally and respond to those. And, and you know, they've been getting emails and, and phone calls and store visits from people basically noting that, that you know, it just seems like they're, um, you know, a much different company in terms of how close they are to their customers. And their brand has always been about, you know, telling their customers how close they are to them. But I think the general consensus, both outside in the customer base and also in their um, employee base, importantly, and also in their executive ranks, is that they're they're kind of walking their own talk in terms of their brand promise to the marketplace today, and and there for a while, for about five or six years, as the you know the digital revolution really took hold, 
um, they felt like they were not only falling behind, but they were having difficulty imagining how they would stay up to speed with, um, you know, with what was going on in the market. And by the way, to bring it down to real brutal stuff, um, you know, they're, they're close to a little less than a billion dollar company. And their estimate is it's probably benefited them to, you know, the tune of five or $6 million a year in additional operating margin over and above the cost of putting these platforms in place and even operating them. So that's, that's pretty healthy, I think. I think the one of the biggest takeaways here is that really anybody can do this and kind of take a small piece one step at a time and kind of figure out what their priorities are. And, and it doesn't really, it sounds overwhelming when you first start discussing it, but it doesn't really have to be. Yeah, I, I think that's. I think that's true. I mean, I, I would add a couple other comments. I mean, you know, the first one is it, it's complicated, but it's actually straightforward. Although, as you said, it you know can seem overwhelming. That our obviously recommendation would be you know get some help from us, and we'll help you help it not be overwhelming. Um, but also, I think as probably more importantly is you know if you think of the the potential technology enabled experience company of the future as kind of the shining light on the hill, you know, the destination. The problem is that your current architecture is a burning platform, and that is that you, you know, unless you're continuously evaluating what you have versus what others in the marketplace have, by the time you, even with these kind of rapid turnarounds, but the time you realize that, you know, you're in trouble versus your competitors, it can take you a while to catch up. Okay, well, thank you. That was a really interesting discussion on the tech stack. Not nearly as intimidating or overwhelming as you might think that it is. So I hope everybody enjoyed that and any kinds of experiences and thoughts and comments that you have on that for everybody listening, we welcome you to contact us and, and provide us your input. You can reach us at info at talkingcx.com. Our 800 number is 833-482-5529. Or you can tweet us at TalkingCX. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will see you next time. And in the meantime, remember, do CX right. And do it right now. All right. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye.